Welcome back, everyone, to the Keys Weekly Sports Wrap with Coach McDonald, the only place to get your Florida Keys prep sports news and history. You can find this podcast every Thursday at keysweekly.com. Please share and like. You can find me on Facebook at Florida Keys and Key West High School Sports History. Thank you to the Keys Weekly for allowing us to have the Keys Weekly Sports Wrap with Coach McDonald. And here it is this week, everybody. I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving and was able to rest and everyone's ready to make the run to Christmas break and to Christmas and New Year's and everybody is having a great time. Um, this past week, as far as the sports rap goes, last week, as far as high school sports goes, there really wasn't much going on. There weren't too many games at all. Everybody was practicing and enjoying Thanksgiving. So I really don't have anything to report because <laughs> there were no games last week. But by special request, we've had a lot of people contact the newspaper at keysweekly.com. They contacted me, sports at keysweekly.com. And they asked for part two of Coach Robert James from Key West. Now, everybody knows Coach James. Coach James, you guys could listen to part one. If you haven't heard it already, you could find it at keysweekly.com. You could find part one, the Robert James podcast. And it talks about growing up in Key West in the 1960s and playing middle school sports and high school sports at Key West High School in the early 70s. Now, part two, which is coming out today, we discuss Coach James and how he got recruited to go to Florida A&M, how he originally thought he might be going to Florida State, his career at Florida A&M, where he was a part of two national championship teams, his graduate assistant coaching job at Florida A&M, him coaching at Florida A&M, and eventually his return to Key West High School, where we talk about... The first part, really, of his football coaching career, you know, coming in and and coaching and being a part of that staff in 1988, 1989, two of the benchmark Key West High School football teams. You know, he discusses his thoughts on if the 88 team was better than the 1989 team. And we move into the um, Coach Andy Siegel era, 94, 95. And we sort of stop there because eventually down the line, I'm going to bring him back in. We're going to talk a little bit more about his later years as an assistant coach and his uh, tenure as head coach at Key West High School. So, Hopefully you guys enjoy this. Everyone that knows Coach James knows he's 100% class act. I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. All right, welcome back, everybody. Here it is, part two of Coach James. I got Coach James on the line right now, and I just want to say that we're really grateful to have Coach James come on the Keys Weekly Sports Wrap with Coach McDonald, and you guys could all listen to part one, which a lot of people really enjoyed. I got a lot of feedback from that. And Coach James's part one you could find at keysweekly.com. Um, today we're going to talk to longtime Key West High School resident teacher and coach coach James a little bit more about his career today we're going to cover really what he's doing now and then we're going to touch on his college experience at Florida A&M and being a graduate assistant there and then coming back to coach and teach at Key West High School coach James how you doing today sir I'm great Sean thank you uh I, I appreciate uh the introduction. <laughs> well, a lot of our a lot of our listeners, you know, they either played against you, they saw you on the sideline, or they were actually parents of students that went to Key West High School, or they were students at Key West High School. Now, officially, you know, we're going to go into the past, but let's talk about the present. Um, you're retired from Monroe County Schools presently. And I can't believe, I find it very fascinating how you're spending most of your falls. Can you tell our listeners what you're doing in the fall now? Uh, yeah. Um, uh, my wife and I are both graduates of Florida A&M. So we have season football tickets. And, of course, my wife is from Quincy, which is a little place just outside of Tallahassee, 20 miles away. So in the fall, we go back to Tallahassee and we stay there with my son. My son has a place there in, uh, in Tallahassee and we stayed throughout the football season. Uh, like I said, we had season tickets 
and we go to the games and then the games that are close we even travel to like we we went to montgomery alabama because we played alabama state uh and they're close enough where we can uh drive and uh you know watch the games I, i'm a big football fan anyway you know i played football at florida a m and i coached so it's uh a, a big thing to me to kind of give back or, you know, go back and be a part of all of the festivities and whatever. So uh, that's about it. That, that must be just really joyous. And it must be incredible for you to see the changes of the facilities, you know, the resources yeah. that the student athletes at Florida A&M have, because what year were you, what was the first recruitment? What was the first contact that you had with Florida A&M University when you were at Key West High School? Well, uh, you got to understand, uh, this is a family thing here because my mom and all my aunts and cousins and everybody went to FAMU. And uh, so I was familiar with the university. I had been there and visited and been to games and et cetera, et cetera. So I knew a lot about FAMU. Uh, but when it came down to, you know, being recruited and all of that, back then, 1974, you know, a lot of it was correspondence through the mail. Uh, you know, uh, everybody didn't have a cell phone or nobody had a computer, you know, or anything like that. So, you know, you didn't get no emails and this and that. So it was the letters back and forth. And uh, the contact person that I had was uh, Coach Hansel Tooks was the guy that contacted me. And we went through all of the stuff and what's being offered and all that kind of stuff. So. So was there was there ever any doubt that you wanted to go to Florida A&M? Well, to tell you the truth, um, like I said, everything was done through the mail. Well, uh, probably on a weekly basis, I got a letter from Florida State. And uh, so, uh, matter of fact, I got a couple pictures with a Florida State shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> because they sent me a shirt and they, yeah, I got these letters every week after every game, great game. And I heard about this and that. I mean, I guess they were talking to coach Russo or somebody. I don't know. Maybe they had alumni here. I, I don't, I don't really know how they got the information, but they sent me a letter every week after every game. So I was, my mind was set. I was going to Florida State, mm -hmm. you know, but, uh, of course, you know, when you're on a recruiting list, they produce these, uh, form letters <laughs> and they send them out every week. Doesn't mean that you, you on the recruiting list, but you just happen to be on their radar and they just want to send out these fields. And that's how, I got my wires crossed that maybe I was going to go to Florida State. But, of course, as it turned out, you know, I ended up at Florida now, which was great. Uh, my experience there was uh, second to none, I tell you. So growing up in Key West, it's it's 1974, you know, you're graduating from high school, you go up to Tallahassee, that's like going up to the big city, you know, right. what kind of, of was there a, a culture shock for you there? And, and if so, what was it? Well, uh, all right. Um, I guess in a sense it was because, you know, here in Key West, the black population was real small. We didn't, we didn't have as many people as, you know, Tallahassee did or Florida and M did. Mm -hmm. And when I got there, uh, I was just amazed of people from everywhere. And I, and I'm not just talking about Florida. I'm talking about, you know, Chicago and New York and West Virginia and, uh, North Carolina, et cetera, et cetera. So when you say a culture shock, it's the, 
I don't know. I guess it's the norm. You know, here in Key West, we we used to eating fish and grits and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but you go here, and all of a sudden now you're eating, uh, you know, neck bones and and pig feet and stuff like that. So it was, in a sense, uh, a kind of culture shock because I, my eyes were open to people from somewhere else and their customs and what they like to eat and what they like to do and uh, that kind of stuff. So it was, it was a, a good experience. Uh, I, I never would have known had I not gone to college to hear or do some of the things that they did wherever they were from. So, it so was good. So football wise, you, you go in and, and we talked about before your desire to play quarterback, uh, right. you continue at Florida A&M to play quarterback. What football wise, like you guys go on now, I, this is something I was confused on coach. You guys go on like Florida A&M wins two national championships within the next five or six years. Right. 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 Now, were you a member well, of both or one? I was a member of both. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, in 1977, we went undefeated. We were the only undefeated team in the nation. <laughs> <laughs> and we were declared the black national champions then. So uh, that was just uh, a declaration because there was no playoffs or nothing. It's just that the fact that we went undefeated they named us the black national champions. However, the next year, 1978, they had the one double A distinction. Then mm -hmm. there were one double A schools. And the very first year that they had, it was 1978. And we were invited after our season, we went uh, 10 and one. We lost to Tennessee state. We went 10 and one that year. And then, of course, we won the national championship uh, that we played in Wichita Falls, Texas, against the University of Massachusetts. So you you go there for five years. Now, you're going from, no offense, Coach, but we talked about this uh, in right. the first podcast. You go from from Key West where you guys were playing some really strong teams and, and wins did not come as easy. And then right. you get to Florida A&M and you win two national okay. championships. Like what a tale of two cities uh, for you. Uh, what was, what was that like to, to get to Florida A&M and to start winning consistently? Well, you know, See, we always talk about my junior and senior year because that's <laughs> when we won. But now my my first year on the team, uh, of course, I didn't play. Uh, and uh, when I got there, they moved me to defensive back. So I didn't play, and I was really on the scout squad. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that was, a, that was an experience right there because, you know, uh, in college, they beat up on the, on the scout squad, <laughs> but I was a defensive back. So I was the one, you know, giving out the punishment as opposed of to, course. you know, getting hit and all that. Well, the next year, my sophomore year, Robert Patterson, who was the starting quarterback broke his leg. And then we only had two other quarterbacks at the time. And, uh, coach Kittles, who is the quarterback coach, he went through the roster to see who else played quarterback in high school. <laughs> and sure enough, Robert James played quarterback in high school. So with that, they changed my jersey because the defense wore green and the offense wore orange in practice. So when I got to my locker, I had an orange jersey hanging up in there. <laughs> I knew then that I was moving over. So, and that changed everything because like I said, my, my freshman year, I didn't play a lick. And uh, my sophomore year, when I became the third string quarterback at the time, uh, uh, I got to play. 
<laughs> you know, because we were blowing people out and stuff like that. So I got a couple of snaps here and there or whatever. And uh, so it was a, it was a, an eye-opening experience because as far back as I can remember all the way to the junior football league, you know, I have always been a player. So when you talked about the culture shock, I had to adjust to something like that too. And then, you know, I'm 600 miles away from home too. So it was a, it was a, <laughs> it was a trying experience, but, uh, you know, thank God, uh, I made it through. So what was it that like you, you make the realization that you're the third string quarterback and, and everything like that, but you continue working. And then at the end of the day, you know, and, and I think this is like a huge realization for a lot of people. The most important thing is to be part of a team because right. nobody comes up. Oh, you were on that Florida A&M national championship team. Yeah, really? Yeah, Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what were your yeah. stats? Nobody asked well, you that. No, no. But I'm saying nobody right, asked you right. that. The important that's true. thing. That's true. Nobody's ever like, yeah. oh my goodness, look at him. Mm-hmm. And no, no one talks. Well, he played. He played 50 percent of the downs, or he played 20. Yeah, percent The fact yeah, of the yeah. matter is, is you're a member of the team. You're just as equal as everybody else. Everyone is 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 a part of the team. Nobody ever really talks about that. And I think that's a great thing right. about team sports down the line. And when you're yeah. young, you think that's so important. Oh my goodness, I'm mm-hmm. not. I'm not playing time what 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 is my legacy going to be stop your right. your your legacy is going to be you're a member of two national championship teams exactly you know exactly. and and yeah. it's just just uh, has to be incredible an incredible experience each time both different in their own way and so you know you have that experience at fam and you like it so much you decide to become a graduate assistant and coach there correct well, remember I told you I didn't I didn't play my freshman year, so that was uh-huh. like uh that was like a red shirt year. Okay. So I ended up staying five years. So I had finished my degree in nineteen seventy actually I finished my degree in the summer of nineteen seventy eight. So really, I wouldn't have been on the national championship team if I didn't decide to come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coach uh, Hubbard asked if I wanted to, you know, to come back because I had another year eligibility. So I did. So I played that 1978 season. And, of course, we won the national championship. But I was in grad school at that time. And then... Of course, I had just started grad school when the season ended in December. And he asked if I wanted to be a grad assistant because they would still pay for me to go to school and this, that, and the other. And then I can do some coaching. So I said yes. And I became a grad assistant and then uh, coached the wide receivers. And it was an eye-opening experience because, you know, we didn't have a huddle back then. So the grad assistants, <laughs> we broke down all the film. <laughs> and then, you know, it's real to real. Now. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, and you're in this dark room and you got to strain your eyes to see because you have to write while the film is running and this and that. And uh, really, that's how I really learned football. Mm-hmm. Watching all of that film and doing all the breakdowns and writing all of the tendencies and this, that, and the other, I began to understand football way better than I did as a player. No, nobody, anyone that, that I think, you know, in my opinion, if you're coaching football, that's when you truly learn about football. As a player, you're, you're very good at knowing your job in the system. That's That's it. You never need to understand how the whole system works and you don't want to understand how the whole system works. And it's amazing, like how much more you learn about football from Mm -hmm. from coaching it. And and I love how you talk about like coach the real to real films. I don't know how we did that back in the day. And what we're (laughs) what we're talking about to our listeners is you're talking about pre VHS pre not that we're not about a video. We're talking about somebody, a company 
company would come out yeah. and shoot practice or shoot the game with a movie camera, uh-huh. and you would get these canisters of film. You couldn't right. reproduce them. You couldn't make a copy. <laughs> there was usually one or two copies, and like if you wanted yeah. to watch the film, you had to have that one film and go to the projector yeah. and back oh, and, and forth. Then the, then the film will break. Yeah. And we have this splicing thing that you splice it back together oh, and then it loops back in and mm. all. I tell you. Yeah. And and it was black and white, at least ours was. And it was black and white. Yeah. yeah. We I didn't mean. have color. No. Nope. <laughs> so you're so you're you're a graduate assistant, you you're coming back, you're coaching, and then uh how much how do you end up staying you end up staying there for a couple of years, right? Okay. Well, I was a grad assistant uh, through the 79 football season, okay? Then 1980 came. Of course, I graduated from grad school that December. And uh, so with that, I told Coach that, I, you know, I'm going to work because uh, Mr. Phillips here at Key West High School had a job for me. So I came to Key West in December of 19, let me get it right now. Actually, I didn't start at Key West High School till the first of the year, because it was Christmas break. So the first of the year, 1980, I started at Key West High School teaching math, (laughs) all things. (laughs) And uh, I taught throughout to the summer. Then I taught summer school. I I went to spring practice, because Gene Roberts was the coach then. Mm-hmm. Uh, participated in spring practice here at Key West. And then Coach Hubbard called me in July and said, Robert, I got a job for you if, you, uh, if you're interested. And with that, I went back to Florida A&M in the fall of 1980, and I became the running back coach full-time. <laughs> Let me ask you a question, Coach. So, yeah. if you're you are at Key West High School, January first, nineteen eighty, right? Right. So, right. so that is that is going to be right after Speedy Neal's senior year. Right after, right. Matter of fact, when I was a grad assistant, I set it up where I did the phone calls, and Coach Hubbard actually came down here to see Speedy. I didn't come. I would have loved to have come, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, Coach Hubbard flew down and, uh, d- you know, did his uh, recruiting thing. But uh, I think he was already set to go to Miami, especially when I talked to his dad. Mm-hmm. His dad said, yeah, well, you know, he's pretty much set. So you, But, uh, mm-hmm. but we made an attempt at him anyway. Absolutely. I mean, that would have been a huge coup for you guys back then. I mean, he was, Mm -hmm. he was pretty good at, at university. Oh yeah. 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 Ends up winning. Size and speed too. (laughs) So all the whole time that the legend of speedy Neal was growing in Key West, you were in Tallahassee. So I'm sure you must've heard all the stories and everything. Of course. Of course. My, my parents, uh, you know, because they, you know, like I said, back then, everybody went to the football game. Mm-hmm. So my parents would tell me about this kid, Speedy Neal, because I didn't know him. He was way younger than mm-hmm. me, so I don't, I didn't know him per se. So you're, you're, you're at Florida A&M, and you are an official, that you are officially a college coach. So at that time, was were, was that something like, this is a career path I want to take. This is the first step. I'm going to be coaching at Florida A&M, and I'm going to try to move throughout the ranks and become a successful college coach. Well, I, you know, Sean, I was a physical education major. So I knew that I wanted to coach because I enjoyed it so much. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, I watched my dad work for about 40 years as a welder. Well, he was in the service and then he worked as a welder after that. So, uh, and I knew that you had to work a long time. So you mean to do something that you enjoy and sports, of course, have always been, you know, dear to me. So I knew that I wanted to be in that. So that's why I was a physical education major. 
and I wanted to coach. So, and uh, matter of fact, uh, when we have those uh, exit meetings, uh, well, Coach Hubbard would have exit meetings with the players. And on my way out, I was telling him how I was interested in coaching and I wanted to do this and that and so forth and so on. And that's how I became a grad assistant. And and really, that's how he looked out for me to give me that job that I had as a running back coach because he knew what my plans were. So, so you're the running back coach there for uh, how many years, Coach? Well, I'm the running back coach for the first three years on the staff. So 80, 81, and 82. Then in 1983, of course, remember, well, you don't remember, but uh, we had some older coaches. The coaches that coached me were actual teachers at or professors at Florida A&M. Mm-hmm. And Coach Hubbard wanted to get away from that. He wanted, he was trying to get all his coaches to just coach. And of course, you know, finding the money to pay you and all that kind of stuff was the hard part. Well, in 1983, yeah, okay, 80, 81, 82. In 1983, he accomplished that. So a lot of the the, the old coaches who were teaching and coaching, they went straight to teaching. And they were older guys. Matter of fact, Pop Kittles was the guy that coached me. And he had been there since he was the All-American back then, uh, 1958, <laughs> something like that. Anyway, uh, so – he hired uh, two of us from that team, uh, Sheldon Hodge and myself, and we became full-time staff members. And Coach Mungin and, and Coach Kittles stopped coaching, and they just were, were full-time professors then. Okay. So that kind of uh, helped us to be, uh, you know, full-fledged, Everybody on the staff were full-fledged football coaches, nothing else. Because, you know, it takes up so much of your time with recruiting and spring practice. You know, there's there's hardly – there may be a couple weeks in there where you don't have to really work. But then the rest of the time, boy, you're getting it. Yeah, that's what we were talking to Coach Siegel about last week was the amount of time. He was explaining a normal week of a college coach and – Right, it right. can be very, very overwhelming. So, what were the circumstances to lead you back home, back to Key West High School? Okay, well, uh, in like I said, in '82 to '85, I was the defensive back coach. Then, okay, and then in 1985, we had a six and five season. And we lost to Bethune, and of course they fired Coach Hovitt. Well, you know when they fire Coach Hovitt, <laughs> that means <laughs> that all the coaches are fired too. <laughs> but the the thing about a Florida institution, they give us a year's grace. So they fired me, and I'm no longer the football coach, but I had a year to find a job. So they. I moved to the bowling alley of all places. I went to the bowling alley and I ran the bowling alley, you know, from, from eight in the morning till about five o'clock in the evening. I was the director of the bowling alley for that time. And they paid me my salary, but I had to find a job because at that time I was married and I had young kids and all of that. And, you know, there was a, a couple college jobs I probably could have gotten, but I, you know, I thought about my family and all that. So I called Mr. Phillips again and he said, Robert, come on down. I got a, I got you a job and I got my, and I got your wife a job. So with that, 1986, we moved back to Key West. So, and then, Obviously, you're coming back to Key West because you want to teach, but most importantly, you want to coach. 
the scene right. at, at Key West High School is Pat Freeman's the head coach. What right. was it like, you know, joining his staff and and what was that whole experience like at first? Well, it's a big contrast coming from college to high school. Uh, your resources are not the same. Uh, the the people you're working with are not the same, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, so I had to readjust, so to speak, because I was used to something else, and now I have to get used to what's here. And uh, so it was a little different, a little harder in a sense, but, you know, as I, as I spent more time, it became a little easier and I began to understand that, you know, we, we, we only as good as the people we have. So we have to go from there. And, uh, but, uh, it was good. We had some good years back then Mm -hmm. in the early, in the late eighties, I should say. So we're going to, we're going to get there. So are you telling me then if my math is correct, sir, that your first season coaching would be that 86, 87 season. Right. Right. Yeah. And that then, was my, my first year coaching there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what was your, what was your capacity as a coach there? What, what exactly were you coaching then? I was coaching the quarterbacks and the running backs mm-hmm. at that time. And, uh, and actually, um, Tommy Roberts, was really the offensive coordinator. So I was working under him, but he coached the offensive line, mm-hmm. you know? So, but I coached the running backs and the wide receiver, uh, excuse me, the quarterbacks and the running backs. And we had David Goody coach the wide receiver. So systematically, right. when you walk into Key West high school there in 86, what kind of offensive system are you guys running? Well, <laughs> the, uh, you know, Tommy Roberts was from the old school. So, you know, it was a lot of, you know, uh, you know, run between the tackles, et cetera, et cetera. Try to get the push, you know, get that three and a half yards or three and a third yard. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know try not to make too many mistakes, uh, that kind of stuff. So you, know, you guys, it wasn't uh, a, it wasn't wide open. Let's just say, right. You guys were like a tight end and I formation pretty much. Most oh of the time. yeah. 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 Right. But yeah. you, you can't fault anybody for that coach because it seemed like everybody in 1986 was running that. Don't you think? Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. It's like today's spread. Woody Hayes and, uh, Bo Schembechler and all them, <laughs> you know, that was the big thing then. So your first year, uh, eighty six, the eighty six season, you guys, four, you guys go four and six. But then the following year, the eighty seven, eighty eight season, you guys under yeah. Pat Freeman, you guys go eight and two. So what was yeah. the what was the big turnaround there? Do you think? Athletes. <laughs> they weren't there the year you know, before. Or they that got... was uh, that was Corey Sawyer's sophomore year at quarterback. <laughs> right. That was JP Garcia's sophomore year at fullback. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we had this guy Tony Harden. Let me tell you. Now, at the time, prior to Makai, he was the Key West all-time leading rusher, correct, Coach? Yes, yes, yes. So what made him special? Ah, boy. Well, to tell you the truth, every time we had great offense, you know, you always think of, you know, Corey Sawyer and Red Rocket and, Tony Harden, J.P. Garcia, we always say those names because they were the ones, you know, putting up the big numbers. But every time we had a great uh, running back or whatever, we always had a good offensive line. Mm -hmm. You know, and I bet you if you go back to Speedy Neal days when he was tearing it up, I bet they had a pretty good offensive line. You know, oh. makes a difference when 
when nobody touching you to you five, six yards downfield. There's there's you no know? there's no doubt about that. But you you have that first season of four and six and then right. you guys go eight and two, you guys go nine and three and eighty eight, and then you know, the right. season everybody talks about, the eighty nine team 89 you guys season, right. End right. up losing in the playoffs. You you uh-huh. I'm sorry, you end up losing in the state championship the state game. State championship. Yeah. Now what a, you have this three year run besides because you know what coach i'm sure you could tell me stories of teams that you coached that had a lot of athletes but they weren't able to win what what made this group special over a three period yes you had the bullets as you like to say right but but what made this team special to go as far as they did and succeed as much as they did well I, i i can't really put my finger on it but I would say that those guys were as as close as you could be as teammates. And and I say that that, you know, they had come up through the ranks, uh, the junior football league, and uh, I think we had junior high school uh football then too, or whatever. I don't know. But they seem a lot closer and they seem to play for each other they didn't matter who got the credit or who scored the touchdown or whatever the most important thing is that we won and uh you know i i give that to uh you know uh um jp but his name didn't get called quite as much as some of these other guys so, Let me tell you, if I showed you some highlights of the blocking that he did, it was just uh, hmm, just unbelievable. And, and and it went across the board, though. You know, we had guys that were just awesome. We used to run the option. We used to run a speed option to the to the weak side. And the wide receiver, who was Andre Poole, would crack back on the linebacker. And then J.P. Garcia would come out of the backfield and kick out on the corner. And I tell you, I could could watch that all day because they were just vicious, vicious blocks. Mm. Over that three-year span, you guys, what are some of the big victories that you remember during that time? Does the Bell Glade Central one, is that the one that always stands out, or is there another one? Well, the Bell Glade game was – big because that's the one we needed to win to go to the to the to the ship so to mm-hmm. speak <laughs> and uh and uh let's see red rocket ran a, t- a kickoff back for a touchdown against them and you know they got athletes everywhere mm-hmm. and for us to for craig to run away from people in that game that was just, I mean, that stands out in my head. I mean, I could still see that. And uh, uh, let's see. We played here at home, and late in the game, they went up on us by a touchdown. And we got out, we got the ball on about our 25-yard line, and we drove that ball all the way down. I don't know, about 12 seconds left. Everybody in the stadium knew that ball was going to go to Stanley Payne. <laughs> and three guys standing around him, and Stanley Payne went up in between all three of them and got the ball for a touchdown, and we won. That's the one that stands out in my head more so than any of the other ones. Well, some nights it's just meant for your team to win. And sometimes yeah, that's true. That's true. Sometimes <laughs> it's just meant not to win, you know, and, and, and when it's good, it's good. Exactly. And when it's bad, it's bad. There's no doubt about that. So right, you have right. the three year run and, and whatever. The big thing that I've read was, you know, going to the state championship game and playing against Swanee, the temperature, the temperature, it was really cold. Exactly. And do you, you think that had an impact on the players? Most definitely. The ironic thing is that year was the first year 
that they went to playing the state championship on a neutral site. Prior to that, uh, they, uh, of course, you know, the way the state championship goes, the, the southern area plays to get a champion, and then the northern area mm-hmm. plays and gets a champion, and then they play for the state championship. And then they alternate year after year which side would be the home team. Mm-hmm. Well, that year we would have been the home team. We would have had that game in Key West. It would have been great weather. And we probably would have been state champs that I, year. I mean, can you imagine how packed Tommy Roberts would have been in that I situation? You, I just told you that uh Craig uh Craig Allen ran a kickoff back for a touchdown against Bell Glade. So you know what kind of speed he had. Mm-hmm. Well, in that game, he was so cold and tight that I saw a strong safety take bad steps, turn around, and go and catch him <laughs> from behind. See, oh. that was cold weather right there. Mm-hmm. And mind you, we were up 10 to nothing. Yeah. And then that that temperature, as the the night went on, that temperature got lower and lower, and we got worse and worse. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and, so you you have that run, and then it's a, it's like this realization, I guess. You know, you guys have that's a senior heavy team, and moving yeah. forward, you know, you guys you guys are about um, five hundred. You know, you go five and five, six and three four and five over the next couple years and, uh, five and four. And, um, you know, that's a long run for coach Freeman. You know, he's the longest tenured head coach in Key West high school football history still to this day. You know, he was there the longest and, um, 94 season who brings our guest from last week, coach Andy Siegel, what was that? What, what was that like for you? Like, I know there's always some kind of, uh, oh, we're getting a new head coach, you know, and it's not like the college level where that means everybody's fired, but right, that right. means like you got a new coach coming in. You know, I think Coach Siegel told me at the time he was the youngest head coach at the time in the state of Florida. He was 24. He he comes in, and right. what was that adjustment like? Because as as so you know, Coach Siegel was just so pleased to tell me about how great everybody was on staff, from you to Coach Wise to Coach Jimenez to Coach Goody to everybody else. And and thank goodness for his staff. He told me numerous times. So what was it like for you guys getting a new head coach there at Key West? Well, it was it was different as as usual. You know, anytime you change, uh, you know, the head of anything, you know, a new principal or a new uh, whatever superintendent, everything is kind of, you know, in limbo until you really find out, you know, how this person operates. And, uh, you know, Andy was the type of guy where, uh, you know, he made you feel comfortable and, uh, you know, he, he, uh, well, I don't know what he did with the other guys, but he sat down and talked with me and he said, uh, Robert, I want you to run the offense or whatever, this, that, and the other. And then, you know, we went from there. So we didn't have any, I don't know, I guess friction or whatever, because, uh, you know, he, he made me feel, you know, like I was on top of the world at the time. Mm-hmm. So. And according to, to coach Siegel at, at that time, you know, he was there for two years, the, 94 season, the 95 season. And he was very adamant that there was an abundance of of talent during those years at Key West high school, not, not just including J.R. Mounts that, that there was a lot of players and you guys, that 94 season is the first year Florida allows for a district runner up to go to the playoffs. You guys go to the playoffs in 94. And then in 95, your staff becomes the last staff at Key West high school 
people to win a district championship. You guys mm-hmm. end up winning a playoff game that year. So right. you had to be sort of satisfied with the, you know, the direction that everything was going and the amount of talent that you guys had there. Um, what do you think about the, about JR Mounts? Oh my. <laughs> Woo. Let me tell you. Uh, I didn't, I didn't have the opportunity to coach Speedy Neal. So I, but I mean, I've coached some, some pretty decent guys mm-hmm. over the years here at, at uh, U.S. high school and in college and J.R. was nothing but the truth. When I say that, you know, there's a difference between speed and being fast. Okay. And J.R. had that knack where he could be standing here talking to you and he could be in top speed in about two, three steps. And then on top of that, he wasn't no little guy. You know, he was about six foot. He was put together about 185, 190 maybe. And he was just nothing but pure. And uh, it was uh, it was hard because, you know, his senior year, he didn't play. Mm-hmm. And that was, uh, you know, that was that was difficult on us as, you know, a football team because he was our, you know, leading Russia mm-hmm. all those years. And, uh, you know, that option that we run is only as good. Well, I tell you all the time about having the right bullets to put in the gun. And we had the right bullets with Jr. back there at <laughs> tailback. So yeah, so so that had to be satisfying, though. At least with his junior season, winning the district and 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 moving forward and getting a playoff win. You know, you're still you're coming off five six years away from ago you guys are in the state championship and you guys are making another run again was there a lot of excitement in the community then as you guys win your district and move forward in the playoffs most definitely uh sean um uh you know football was buzzing then i mean i know that baseball has always been king around here and whatever but at the time i i thought football was you know, right where we needed to be. Uh, And then, of course, you know, we have, you know, the most attendance. I mean, the whole city turns out to a football game. So that made it uh, even more special because everybody was there to see it and whatever. So it was it was good. So we're I want to ask you one more question. We're going on about 45 minutes here, but I I want to we're going to talk about one more year. And this was always, you know, I came here in in 1997. So this was right before this happened. So Coach Siegel, um, he's he's not the coach anymore after the 95 season. Uh, you guys get a new coach, Coach Fred Denon, and I remember reading about this. Coach Denon coaches um, at the beginning of the season. He's let go at some point. Now principal and ex-QS high school football player, Bobby right. Menendez comes in Menendez. and he takes right. over as the head coach. And then you guys end up getting some wins at the end. That sort of had to right. be a unique season. What What's your memories on that, Coach? Well... You know, uh, from my understanding, Fred Denning was a great coach up north where he Mm -hmm. was from, you know, but of course I think had, had, uh, put him at a disadvantage. Uh, I'm not sure if, if the kids at Key West adjusted to way, uh, coach Denning coached. And of course we ran, he ran a wing T offense too. So it had some, some rules and this and that and so forth and so on. Uh, Make a long story short. We didn't, we didn't do very well Mm -hmm. uh, for the first uh, six games that he was the head. And, uh, and then Bobby Menendez came at the end of that. And then we went undefeated. 
So that had so, to be a huge boost to everybody to have Coach Mendez come in. You know, you he know. brings in the, the conch pride, absolutely. Right. And he's such a oh, great you know motivator. Right. And Bobby Menendez was my coach in high school. He coached me. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was a, a privilege for me to be on the same field coaching with him. Well, well, Coach, you know, we're, we're sort of getting through this, man. We got through mm-hmm. the first podcast. You know, right. we talked about growing up in Key West and playing youth yeah. sports and a little bit about playing at Key West High School today. We talked about your experiences at Florida A&M and being a grad assistant, being a college coach, coming back to Key West High School. You know, I got one more question for you. And I was just reading this. I was reading this. We're going to go back. I was just reading this over at the the Facebook website where I, I, I sort of put the podcast up and stuff like that. Um, Florida Keys and Key West Sports History on Facebook where I post a bunch of old stuff. And there was some comments because I had a I had a, a newspaper article from the 80, 89 season. It was a lead up article and it talked about all the positions. And somebody wrote. And, you know, the stats can can sort of give you this, that the 88 team was actually a better team than the 89 team that went to the state championships. But apparently you guys suffered some injuries. Now, I'm not asking you to pick one team out in front of the other or anything like that. But what are your thoughts on that? Was the 88 team at least just as good as that team that went to states? Uh, I would I would say so. Uh, uh, Yeah, yeah. it's hard to distinguish because there was only one or two players different in mm-hmm. that. Uh, in, in 1988, we had a kid, Joey Johnson, who was a big defensive tackle that was just awesome. And, uh, uh, you know, off the chain. And we had uh, the other kid, uh, uh, Stanley Payne. The guy mm-hmm. that caught the touchdown pass in the end zone <laughs> when everybody knew that that's where the ball was going to go. You know, kids like that that was on that team that would have made that 89 team even better <laughs> if they were still around. Right. So, uh, but uh, both both teams are still, you know, top notch in my memory so well coach i just want to to thank you for coming on today and bringing us up to date i'm looking forward to in the future talking there's still a few other topics that we need to cover on this podcast Mm -hmm. and i just want to wish for everybody um you know happy holidays and everything else and and coach james thanks for coming on Hey, thank you, Sean, for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Have a great have a great day and have a great holiday, sir. All right. Thank All right. you. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Thank you guys for listening to the Keys Weekly Sports Wrap with Coach McDonald, the only place to get your Florida Keys prep sports news and history. You can find this podcast every Thursday at keysweekly.com. Please share and like. You can find me on Facebook at Florida Keys and Key West High School Sports History. Everybody have a great week. Our next podcast will be out on Thursday.